Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Playing the Field. That's right. Uh, we are back with another rendition, as we will be every week. And we once again have things to talk about. Many things. Oh, yeah. Many, many things. We're going we're gonna to try and see if we can maybe get it shorter this time. Yeah, we're going to see if we can keep it to an hour. Yeah. Usually that doesn't happen. An, an attempt. Yeah, we've been trying. but <laughs> We have. But, hey, when you're... Uh, when you're talking about stuff that you love, yeah, it just goes. You oh, know, yeah. we could probably jump into this. Starting with stuff that we don't love, though, let's talk about baseball. <laughs> just had to get that out there. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, well, I like baseball. <laughs> this guy doesn't. I think he makes an active effort. I to think. I think. Not watch gonna, baseball. I think I'm almost gonna try and build the persona now of just a hater of baseball. Don't do that. Don't. Because do <laughs> I mean, it is a dying sport. I'll yeah, agree we to that. We don't have to. We don't have to hash it out though, because like people might get mad at us for that. That is true. There's some loyal baseball fans. I don't know. Out I think there. everyone's kind of in agreement that baseball's dying. Like, there's there's some loyal fans out like, there. Like, if if you're a baseball fan, like this is. I feel like I'm more of a baseball fan than most people, and I watch opening day, like the like the opening like week. Yeah. Then I lose interest immediately. Then if my team has a win streak, I'll watch. Okay. And they're like, all right, all right, they're winning six, seven games, and then it gets crazy, and then I'm into it. Then after that ends, I'm like, all right, yeah, good. Then the end. Then it's like the playoff push, and if they're going to clinch and whatnot. And then playoffs, um, I don't ever watch other games, really. No, neither do I. And I think the MLB is going to try to change that, because you're, you're mostly Giants, and if yeah. the Giants are in it, you're just interested. I'm the same way with the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, I think – it's different though because you still know what's going on in baseball. I I almost make like an effort not to know. Yeah, well that's what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> you, like, you try to tune stuff out, which I don't understand. I like uh, you didn't play it early on, did you? No, not really. Yeah, okay, so yeah. that's part of it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a that leads people to a lot of sports. What what you played as a kid? That's definitely real. Because yeah. I played basketball my whole. Yeah, I like, played basketball. I played and a I little football. Basketball. But I was really bad at it when I played. Really? Yeah. But we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> what did you We're play? talking about professional sports, right, not right. my high school linebacker career. All right. All right. Let's get to it. All right. <laughs> um, as much as I wanted to get into that. Let's – all right. First thing on the agenda, we got we got to get the baseball. We got to get the baseball done. So, obviously, huge, huge news. Um, and Ricky's going to do his best to give a take here because oh, it's, yeah. it's an ethics – it's not, it's not even a baseball issue. It's an ethics issue. Um, the Red Sox have rehired Alex Cora and the Tigers have rehired AJ Hinch. Um, both were involved in heavy cheating allegations. Obviously AJ Hinch was the head of the entire thing. Alex Cora was heavily involved in the Astros process before in 2017. So he was, he was like, I think he was the bench coach or the, the hitting coach at the time. Um, and then went to the Red Sox, won a championship and they got caught cheating. Um, so Alex Cora is definitely involved there. AJ Hinch was like the spearhead. Um, are these teams, are, are they setting a bad example? Uh, wh- what's your take? What's your take? Should teams not do this? See, my thing is like baseball already, like, is it known to be like the most cheating in professional or to have the most cheating in professional sports? You think? I mean, that's, yeah, I, I'd say so. It's just like, we don't know what doesn't get caught, you know, like, but there's more, there's been, we know what we have gotten caught and i think people stealing signs filming games doing steroids that's probably way more com- using pine tar stuff like that that's probably way more common in yeah baseball. i i'm gonna say like 
in theory, you should not hire these men. They have, you know, bro- they've they've cheated the system. Right. In theory, they should be out. I think because <laughs> there's this almost precedent set in baseball where it's like, see how long <laughs> you can get away with you this until you get exactly. caught. It's almost like no teams aren't going to go in that direction where they look at someone who's cheated in their past shun, career yeah. and still shun and shun them j- just for cheating. Like if they yeah. if they were a cheater and they sucked, fine. But like this guy cheated and won a World Series. Yeah. Uh, it's it, I as a as a fan I say no. If I'm in the front office of a baseball you're, you're team, hiring him? Yeah. I don't know if I'm hiring him. I just want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing the application away because they've cheated. You know, I'm just probably just going to forget that it happened. And then I'm going to be like, all right, if you start doing this again, you got to like loop me in so we can do it correctly. Yeah. You know? So here's, here's my thing. I think it works more like it makes more sense to me if you're the Red Sox than it does the Tigers. Cause again, in Houston, there was a crazy amount of talent. Yeah. Um, crazy amount of talent. They're still winning even without AJ Hinch. So like, obviously AJ Hinch was a big part of it. I don't know how much a big part he was when Alex core on the other hand was unquestionably like he took that team. Uh, I think I, I, I want to check this. But I think the Red Sox were last place. I could be wrong. They may have been last place the year before. The Red Sox usually go from worst to first, and they go back and forth every year. Is that also a common thing in baseball? Like, like when the Giants no, no, when the Giants not. were good in the 2010s, it was like we were great, and then we sucked, and then <laughs> we were great, and then we sucked, and it was just this roller coaster so, year after year. Okay, so. When did Alex Cora become the manager? So the Red Sox were a first place team in 2017. Uh, did not get the win. When did Alex Cora become a coach? Wait, the Red Sox were, were last place in one of these years, I know. 2016. So they, they won in... That's probably it. Yeah, so they were last place in 2015. Then jumped to first in 2016, and have been first since. So when did Alex Cora become coach? Let's see. Because I know Farrell was there for a while. We need a stack guy for this stuff. Yeah, seriously. At this point, when when Lammers comes back, I feel like we should like make him stack guy for a month. Oh yeah, yeah just <laughs> throwing. Um, so yeah, he he entered in 2017. So I guess that was a first place team, but uh, they were always around 90 wins. And the Red Sox, the year Alex Cora really got got all his guys in order, second year they won 108 games, which I think was the most in Red Sox history. Um, and then they went on and won the World Series. So it was like a historic season. All the players loved him, like Xander Bogarts, and I think it was because they had a lot of foreign guys and he could speak their language and know knew their culture and stuff like that so the connection was insane and then you saw him leave red sox were horrible you know and i mean that definitely is not they don't have the same team but i i see it from the red sox like the astros have more integrity here because the astros 
did not hire Adrian Hinch back. The Red Sox did. So the Astros have more integrity. Um, but I would argue the Red Sox were sacrificing way more with Alex Cora going out the window than the Astros were because that core was there and it was always going to be there and it was always going to be great. And while the players kind of surrounded the players in Houston, it was the players surrounding the coach in Boston. And when he went, things got bad. And like guys like Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts and um, Andrew Benetton, they all had down years. And I think it was because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, I, I don't know what to make this. Like everyone cheats in baseball. I, I, my bull take, I say all the time that they should just make this legal. Like, just make sign stealing legal and get it out of the way. Oh, I mean, I, I thought they should make steroids allowed. You, you thought they should make steroids legal? Yeah, but then that brings in a whole new ethical issue. Yeah, exactly. That, like, that's a little tougher just because you're messing with people with serious like, health issues. Back when there was steroids in baseball, it was so much more entertaining. Oh, so much more. Fun. <laughs> it was oh, ridiculous. Yeah. With Mark McGuire and those guys were just destroying. Barry Bonds? Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, it's a tough predicament. Um. Again, it's not the Red Sox did not take the ethical high ground, but I'm telling you right now, if we start winning games again in Boston, the fans are gonna forgive them pretty quickly. So I just hope it doesn't happen again. If it does, then I bet he's gone for good. But very interesting how <laughs> things like this can easily be overlooked. Uh, weird move by the Tigers too, but we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, that that's all I really need to say baseball wise. I mean, I could go for hours on the Red Sox, oh, but thank God. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right, to basketball, because yep. it's also in the off season now. Apparently Giannis is going to, if he goes well, yeah. to the Heat, if, is apparently ready to like sign like a deal for the Heat, if he goes. Yeah. Now, first off, he's not even there, so I don't know how this is a report, but... Let's go on the side. It's true because I don't know why Giannis would want to stay in Milwaukee anymore given the last couple years. If the Heat give up, I think they said that they were going to give up Harrow and they're going to give up Harrow and someone else. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, they have tons of young guys. Yeah, like so they have they have pieces they can give them, but like... Duncan Robinson was probably... Oh, Goran Dragic was in that deal. Mm. Kelly Olenek was probably in the deal. See, if I'm the Heat, if I'm the Heat, I feel like I want to keep Harrow and have him at the one. See, obviously, yeah. (laughs) But like, that's not gonna happen. Like, if Giannis resigns, it all depends. And this is this is what I said earlier. If Giannis says I want out of Milwaukee, the Heat will be able to trade him and not give up Hero, and their team's gonna be loaded. I don't think that Giannis is going to do that. Giannis liked to stay in Milwaukee. He knew that they tried their best to give him a winning team. They had success. He's not going to destroy the franchise like that. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to either sign a deal or he's just going to let them know and say, hey, trade me. I have one year left. You know, do what you got to do. And they're going to have to give up Hero because otherwise he's, he, you know, he could, list, could risk losing him in free agency. Do you think that Giannis has told the front office he wants to leave? But he's being quiet about it, so they can get like a, so they can get solid pieces for him, and his value isn't shot to hell. Yeah, so I think he's had a conversation. I think he's leaning toward leaving. I don't know, like, but here's the thing, right? If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, this is a very interesting, by the way. I heard a rumor that the Bucks are interested in Victor Oladipo. That's which, interesting. So now here's what I'm suggesting. What That's if you, interesting. What if you traded 
Kate Middle, Chris Middleton. <laughs> That's our inside joke, by the way. We call Chris Middleton Kate Middleton. Um, if you trade Chris Middleton and, you know, I don't know, Brooke maybe, Brooke Lopez, pick, whatever, for Victor, <sighs> then find out and either go for Chris Paul or Drew Holiday has become available. for. You could probably get Drew at a cheaper price, and if he likes it in Milwaukee, all of a sudden you have something real there in an Eastern Conference that is not crazy strong. And, uh, and frankly, a league that's kind of wide open. Like, LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, the, the Lakers and the Clippers are the favorites, but they, they're they not invincible. They're not guaranteed. For God's sakes, the Denver Nuggets yeah. beat them. They're not guaranteed at all. Like, if you have a team of Drew Holiday or Chris Paul at the one, Victor Oladipo, who, if he comes back healthy at the two, and then Giannis at the four, yeah, no, I that's definitely, pretty good. I definitely think the best move for the Bucks is to target Chris Paul, though. You think? Yeah, because I think the only thing that Giannis or the only thing making Giannis want to leave is the fact that he keeps losing in the playoffs, right? Yeah. In Chris Paul, you get a vet who's been to the playoffs multiple times and he's won series. He has, yeah. He's proven he's been clutching those series too. I mean, I mean, remember that they were gonna beat the Warriors when he was on the Rockets and then he got hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was insane. They almost won. They yeah, almost won that series. It was ridiculous. So I think you get this this guy. Not and Chris even on the Clippers, he was he he think he was upsetting. He beat um, the Jazz maybe in one of those series. I remember he beat game series the year after the Spurs won the finals. No, maybe yeah. It was they, around. They won, it was in that they era. Won I know in seven, it was in that they era. They won in seven games in the first round against the Spurs. I think. So Chris Paul has definitely done some work in the postseason, and I think that. That's the kind of player you need for that Bucks team because you're you're already looking to Giannis to be your leader, right? But he has no playoff success experience, really. And he's not necessarily a vocal guy no. either. Chris Paul is like Chris Paul will yell at you. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly oh, yeah. you. You want a leader by example, and you want a leader with words. Exactly. Chris Paul gives you that, and like also with Chris Paul, like. Because you have Giannis, you can rest Chris Paul in the regular season. Like, he doesn't have to play 30-minute, 40-minute games. So, would you give up? Okay, here's the deal. Let's say you give in a trade. Bro, I'll give him Chris Middleton. So, okay, who? Okay, what would you rather have, Victor Oladipo or Chris Middleton? Victor. Victor, unquestionably, right? Easily, yeah. So, that I think right there makes them a contender. If Victor is healthy and he, and he starts to thrive in that system, <sighs> I just, That's scary. My thing is, is like, if you get Victor, I don't think you want Chris. I think you want one one guard that can handle the ball just because you do want Giannis to handle the ball too. And once you have multiple guards that are like not off-ball players, you start to take the ball out of Giannis's hands a little bit more. So that would that would be leave Kate there. Exactly. I'm saying if you get Chris, if you get Chris, Paul, <laughs> you want to keep yeah. Chris Middleton. You, you get one Chris, you want to keep both Chris's. So you don't want a package of I don't Paul. want Oladipo and Chris Paul. If I get Chris Paul, I want to keep Chris Middleton. So now here's the deal. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, do you give up three to four first-round picks for Chris Paul? Because they do not have the assets. I, like, you're not going to get Dante Deep. I mean, yeah, no, you're not. You're not. Is Chris Paul's contract ending soon? Is it ending it, next it's year? It's probably got two years left. Okay. 
that's my guess. Although here's the here is the silver lining, like the Thunder are. I would trade Chris Middleton to get Chris Paul, honestly. And I know I sound crazy saying that because Chris Paul's way older. He is way less upside. I mean, I guess not way less because he's already a more established player. First of all, he should not have made an all-star team this year. I thought that was no, crazy. But also it was insane that that team was even in the playoffs at all. That is true. That is true. I think that if you get Chris Paul, you don't need Chris Middleton because at that point, like, you have right now you have Chris Middleton as this guy to be the second option to Giannis. When Giannis rests, when Giannis is hurt, or when Giannis is just not on ball, right? Yeah. When Giannis is on ball, Chris Middleton is just a spot-up shooter. So if you get Chris Paul, a guy that's going to do more for your offense, I'm willing to give up Kate Middle- Chris Middleton. <laughs> this is going to be a very big mistake. Especially because we're talking about another Chris and Chris Paul. Exactly. Too many Chris's to keep too track many, of. Too many. Anyways, I think that if you get Chris Paul, you don't need Middleton to be that guy anymore, which is crazy because I – I almost want to say, is Middleton the perfect third all-star? But we don't have to get into that right now. See, but I my thing is, is I think you could get Chris Paul, just have a normal 3 and D guy that is way less expensive than Chris Middleton and have Giannis. Like Danny Green or something like that? Maybe not as bad as Danny Green, but like some, somewhere around that play style, yeah. Okay. It, see, I just like... So you can give up Kate Middleton and you can get Chris Paul or you can give up a crap load of and picks I, and, I also feel and have like, all three together. I also feel like the Thunder would like Chris Middleton too because he brings some playoff experience and then you means you have the ball in Shy's hands way more often. And that one, Wasn't Shy a wing? No, Shy's a two. They played him at two because they had. Right, Kate's a two. Exactly. But he the thing is Shy, when he was on the Clippers, played the one. Okay, so you. But they they, they moved, moved him to the two because he's tall enough to play it, and they had Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. But I think they first off they want Shy to be their their guard of the future. Okay, I didn't actually know that. See, I don't I don't watch a ton of college basketball, so yeah. So Shy, Shy, I think they want Shy already to be their one. Like Chris is definitely just teaching him like everything. And so you move Shy to the one, you get Kate at the two. You have two tall guards. You just have a solid team. You have, what, Danilo Gallinari at Still the three, Still have Steven two. Adams, yeah. That's, who's your tallest guy, 6'6"? Six, six? Your shortest guy on the court is 6'6 six, six at that point? Like, yeah, that's pretty That's nice. a solid deal for the Thunder, and then you get... How old's Kate? Let me see. That's Because that's definitely important, because if it if it fits, if he fits their timeline... Because, like, Chris Middleton does a little bit more than just spot-up shooting. He has a little bit of shot-creating ability. He has some defense... Yeah, I mean he's younger than Paul. So. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like you'll get more out of your offense with Chris Paul running point. Okay, so you think Chris Paul, Danny Green, Kyle Korver, I guess, Giannis, Brooke. You think that's a championship team? Yeah. Really? See, I think you need Chris there, Chris Middleton. See. You need you need to have both of them because Chris Middleton is one of the best contested three point shooters I've ever seen. Like specifically in that range when someone is on him, and he it doesn't matter for him. He can bury it and he can create when he has to. He has the range that Paul doesn't have. He has the part like he knows his role. He can play catch and shoot. And then if they both rest, if Chris Paul and Giannis leaves, 
to go rest. Chris Middleton can run things. You know what I mean? I don't. I think you you need you need three All Stars. I think I don't I don't know if you beat like Chris Paul and Anthony Chris Paul and Giannis. Do you think they beat LeBron and AD? I don't think you have enough. No, I I don't. But I also don't think I think you're gonna have a hard time unless you're really just sacrificing your future. Because my thing is I don't want to give all those picks up for Chris Paul. You wouldn't. Yeah. See, I think if I'm the Bucks, I might. I might. If I can't get Tyler Hero in a deal, I might try for it. But my thing is, like, if it doesn't work, right, you give up those picks, and Giannis just leaves anyways, you're screwed. You are, yeah. You're you screwed. You definitely are. But here's the thing. If you make a deal, and it's like Duncan Robinson, blah, 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 you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, but you're more set up but, for the yeah, future exactly. with your, you picks your picks and your Duncan Robinson or Tyler Harrow, you know? Yeah, but, okay, I'm just saying... If they can't get Tyler Hero in a deal, I don't know if I if I like you have to roll the dice on a a guy of that level, you know. Oh yeah. I just if I'm if I'm the Bucks, I think I'm trying to get Chris Paul at a low sell point because like there's not actually let's say Chris you have Paul's, Tyler Hero because Chris Paul's value isn't that high anymore, is it? It's not that high. And that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You might be able to get him with a couple picks is what I'm thinking. Maybe like maybe like Dante and a couple picks. Because the, he serves no purpose in the Thunder. Yeah. At, like it, He leads them, and, and he's big, but he is not part of their future. And with that contract in his age and his decline, there aren't going to be a ton of teams, especially in a point guard heavy league, there aren't going to be a ton of teams that are be, you know waiting, waking up saying, oh, give me Chris Paul, you know? There's yeah. going to be a very select few. And, like, it's sound money. It's like it's found money for Sam Presti, even if it's, like, a first-round pick and a couple seconds and a prospect, you know? If it's Dante, first and a couple seconds. Planet Pat. Th- yeah, think about it from that <laughs> point of view. Like, would you get – I would definitely trade Chris like Paul Planet for – Pat and a couple picks yeah. for Chris Paul. But, like – I just I feel like because I like let's say you get Tyler Hero in a deal. Let's say you do yeah. you make the trade? Because I don't know if that's a sure thing. Ooh. Like you get Tyler Hero, you get everything you want. Except I mean, you're not gonna get Bam and Hero. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're you're getting Giannis and the the one guy that can guard Giannis. Yeah, no, I don't. First off, I don't think the Heat are making any trades with the Bucks if it's not for Giannis, right? Right, probably not. They were interested in, like, Paul George, too. The Heat were? Yeah, I heard a rumor there. <sighs> Weird. Heat are just going to be good next year. It doesn't even matter who they have. They're just going to be good. <laughs> Tyler Hero at the one, and then just have Jimmy Butler and Paul George, two and three. That would be insane. Just some great team basketball. Yeah. Um. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, I just think – if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, like, I just don't want to trade Giannis. And if there's any hope that he might stay, I think you got to put push your chips into the table, in the middle of the table, and just go for it. And just try to get a chip right now. You definitely have to just go for it or trade Giannis. There's no, like... Yeah, you, there's you, no you can't You can't come back next year with the same team. No, you cannot. Absolutely not. That's going to be terrible because then Giannis is probably going to leave you in free agency. And then you're just done. Yeah, and then... <laughs> 
You get nobody and in then, return. And, yeah. then, and then we keep laughing at your franchise for another 10 years. Um, just to shift this a little bit, uh, Gordon Hayward wants out of Boston. If he can find a good deal, he's going to opt out, turn down the $34 million Wow. And play for a different team. There's not a lot of scenarios in the NBA that are as good as Gordon Hayward's. Like, you get to just, like, be average and get paid millions of dollars on I a mean, team that's going to compete no matter how, with a great coach, how good you are. Great organization, <laughs> yeah. And they're just going to pay you $30 million. I know. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I understand it from the perspective of... Yeah, I'm a basketball player, and I want to compete. My and I know, potential. and I know that I'm wi- I'm good enough to be a starter in this league, and I should be. But dude, and you're getting is. you're getting paid all star money to be a bench player. You don't even have to be good. So here's the thing, though. So like, if you're Gordon Hayward, this is what Al Horford did. If he can get a four year, hundred twenty million dollar contract, why right would now, he get a four year, hundred twenty million? So you don't contract. think that's possible. He hasn't done anything in the last two years. I'm sorry, but that first that first game against the Cavs where he broke his ankle ruined his career. See, he, you know he scored 18 points a game, over 50% shooting this year yeah, as a fourth option. Isn't he on the wrong side of 30? What? Like, the wrong side of 30. You're up on 30 now. What do, what do you mean? Like, you're around 30, you're 29, 28. You're on the wrong side of 30. You're on 31, 32, 33 side. I still don't know what that means. Because, like, the right side of 30, the, like, the, the good side. What is 30? The age. His age oh, is 30. Oh, you're talking about his age. I thought you were talking about points. I was no. Like, no, I'm talking about his age. You're on the wrong Oh, yeah, so he's 31. Yeah, so, I mean, like. Or he might be 30. I don't know. I can I can. Check. So, that's why. So, like. I just, I feel like you're not getting a long term. You're not getting a four-year deal. 30. As a thirty-year-old, Al Horford did. Yeah, and they thirty-two, and they regretted it. Oh my so god, heavily, it's a terrible you know? deal. Yeah, um, but that's still. I mean, a, t- a team might take him. Like the Indiana Pacers, that's a pretty good shot. I just feel like he's you not. Compare him with Oladipo. He's not going to get what he's looking for, in my mind. So okay, so this is a great situation for the Celtics. So like, do you th- do you see him getting any more than like four years, a hundred million? I don't see that at all. I can't. I can't imagine a team would pay him twenty million dollars. So a now year. the question is: So now he's basically under Celtics control because he's probably going to opt in, even though he wants out. That that's strange. Like we'll see what happens there. But let's let's say he opts I hope in. That, I hope that he doesn't mess up your com- chemistry if he stays. Well, he's been in the system. I don't know, man. People <laughs> people that don't want to be somewhere can mess up us. I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You know. But let's say he stays. Obviously, so like, do you think we trade him? I think we do. I mean, yeah. And do you, so like, do you think that's good for the? Do you Dan. think this is good for the Celtics? Does this give Tatum and Brown and those guys more room to just work? I think that gets another wing that's competing. It's bad in the sense that his trade value definitely drops because he made it known that he doesn't enjoy every aspect of Boston or being playing. Well, there. it's interesting because he wants out in this sense doesn't act doesn't mean I hate it here. I think Yeah, but knowing that a player wants out is already. But so like but the whole point is that he can get more money and get a long-term deal. It's not that he hates it. 
and just so he can get more money. If he finds that he can't get more money, then he might change his mind, right? I and guess, say, but you're telling me that, like, if I, if I know, if I'm a GM of, like, the Magic, like a team that would use him, right? Yeah. And I see that he's already said that he wants out if he can find a better deal for himself. Why don't I just wait for his contract to expire for him to opt in? Because, like, all the teams that would use him, right, aren't teams that are going to be competing next year now. Well, the Pacers would be. Honestly, okay, the Pacers... I don't even know why the Pacers are good, though. Like, I don't... Well, they got pieces. Like, Oladipo didn't play it at all this year, and they were still solid, no? I, I, that's what I'm saying. They're they're well-coached. Like, DeMontis, Sabonis, and Miles Turner are better than people <laughs> give them credit for. And what? Uh, I forget their point guard's name. Brogdon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bucks. yeah. Great two-way player. They really should have kept Brogdon. Um, who, the Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big mistake. I don't know what they were thinking. They went with Eric Bledsoe? You, like, what? Just a smaller version of Giannis that's less effective. I can't <laughs> shoot, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, do you think this is a good thing for the Celtics or a bad thing? I think it's good in the sense that it just – it the whole scenario – like, let's is say the Gordon problem leaves. of having too much talent on your team. The law of diminishing return. That's it. That's all this problem is. It's not like this is like a your best player saying, I hate it here. I want out. We suck, you know? Yeah, exactly. He, he's not like – He's just – He's not Dwight Howarding you. Like, right. He's just saying, I think like, just there's saying, too like, many wings here. I think, I, I think I'm yeah. worth more if I can find something where they recognize the worth that I know I am. Yeah. Then I'm going to go. I don't know. I don't. The thing is, is like, there's not much to dislike about his scenario. He's basically just saying if he can get more, he's going to do it. But that's it. Yeah. He's not saying. Which He's not saying, I won't play for you. I'm not. He's not saying. Right. Like, I hate playing with you guys. He's, I hate this team. Like, and I mean, granted, there's not a lot of players that will do that now. But yeah, like. I mean, Eric Bledsoe did it. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did. That was hilarious. On the what, Suns. What was the tweet that he sent out? It was I on forget. the Suns. He was just like, I want to get traded or something. Yeah, he just uh, – he said, like, I hate it here on his Twitter. And then they called him out on it and they traded him. And they were like, oh, no, no, no. I was just talking about the restaurant or something. And I was like, what? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Because um, that was hilarious. And there are players that do that. Um. Is there any other trade rumors while I'm doing this that let me know about? I don't think so. Because we talked about the Clippers trying to get a point guard last week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of trade rumors right now. Although I know free agency soon because the season starts in like a month and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. That's it's crazy. crazy. Do you think, think the NBA about... starts before? Christmas? I think they do. I think they should start in 2021. My thing is, is like, I don't, I don't know how long it takes professional yes. athletes to he heal their out, bodies. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how long it takes professional athletes to heal their bodies. I know LeBron recently tweeted about his, his lack of appreciation for the, the short off season. To put it mildly, but 
LeBron's I don't. Planner. I don't want this to be. <laughs> I don't want this to become like a thing with like the NFL this year, where like, you know how there's no preseason this year, and all the all these players got hurt in the first yeah. like, five weeks. I don't want it to be one of those scenarios in the NBA because I feel like in the NBA, like in the NFL, injuries happen all the time and it's fine. But in the NBA, when someone's hurt, they're hurt. Like shit, shit happens. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like. And it's also a bigger impact. There's just not there's, less there's, players. there's no next man up mentality. The rosters are smaller, right? And the talent pool is just smaller too. Exactly. So, uh, so injuries are more common in the NFL. I also would, less big of a deal in the NFL. It's more of a big deal in the NBA. Yeah. So I just so that's incentive for them to. Wait. I would rather. I would rather the NBA. Wait if it means that players are going to be healthier when they come back. Like, I wouldn't mind a, jit, a February, March, April start. I also just wouldn't mind a shortened season, like a very shortened season. So what do you think they do? I, I, think, it's, I think it's a business, and they start in December, yeah, January. that's what I think. I think I that think they – I, I would Christmas. rather they they're have – They're going to lose so much money if they don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's a business, and they're going to do it anyways. Yeah. Like, that's why all of these sports are still going on. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't want to lose their TV deals. Exactly. So. And when Chris Paul sees the player, like the cuts that the players are going to get, because it's split even even. Oh. With players and owners. They're not going to go for it. I think they're going to, all all of a sudden, their bodies are going to magically heal and they're going to be ready to play. They're just going to. And there might be a few more injuries. They're just going to set up some cryo chamber facility where they can train in a cry, giant cryo chamber. Done. <laughs> Easy healing while you're training. Um, well, it still hi- gives them somebody hire me. Just kidding. Actually, wow, that's crazy. So the NBA season's supposed to start in less than a month. Month and a half. I think the end of December. It's no? it's November seventh. That people want to start before Christmas. People say people say that actually starting on Christmas Day would be great. That's incredible. which is cool. Incredible. I mean, it's cool. It's just like... weird to think about. <laughs> I swear to God, though, if LeBron tears his ACL. It's gonna be because of that that shortened off season. Hey, that'd be glorious. Hey, right? hey, no, no, we don't wish injury on any players. No, we don't. We don't. But if the Lakers were to subtly get worse somehow, somehow, some way, you some wouldn't way, complain. I would not complain. All right, let's let's move on to football before yeah. we start bad jujuing some more NBA players. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually wish injuries, but I I just I'm not a LeBron fan. My my whole family hates him, and I'm from Boston, so. That is, very, that is the biased. most anti-LeBron you can be right. like born. <laughs> and now he's on the Lakers. <laughs> so he went to the one team that is, you know, we hated him already. People had to hate LeBron shirts. And then he went to the Lakers, our arch rival. So, Yeah, he really just said, I don't care about Boston. I'm going to do whatever I can to piss off Boston. <laughs> yeah, Danny, uh, Danny Age really crapped on him. All right. Football. Week 8. There was yeah. some... Uh, kind of shocking things that happened indeed indeed um i think we should talk about the steelers beating the ravens Maybe yeah some... that was that was crazy i the ravens had a good game it's just that lamar jackson against good defenses doesn't look elite really i mean actually like... let's see let's see the numbers we have them right here so lamar like... had 208 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. 
with 65 rush yards. This is crazy. He ran the ball 16 times. What the heck? Yeah. So they had, as a team, 47 rushing attempts. 28 pass attempts. They need to balance that out. I think the Ravens have some internal work they, to do. The thing is, is because Greg Roman is like a run-first offensive coordinator. That's the guy. He was the guy that was uh, our offensive coordinator back when Cap was on our team and we went to the Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bills when they had Tyrod Taylor. It's just that teams will hire Greg Roman if they have a mobile quarterback. Huh. All right. Um, I, so, like, do you think the Steelers are better than the Ravens? Or I – my thing with the Ravens is, like, they only can win one way. They just need to be able to run the ball, and if they can run the ball, they'll beat you. And, I mean, they ran the ball pretty effectively against the Steelers, but because, Lamar, because Lamar turned the ball over, they were, there was a game still. Like, you need, you need to so be you able to run the ball, ball. – Lamar needs to be efficient. You need Le- Lamar to basically play, play perfect because my thing is with Lamar is he's not he's not coming up with any like he's not making throwing plays. He's in the play and he's making reads like general reads, but he's not like making plays as a quarterback this season. Oh yeah, this season, yeah. Last season he did like his so, his, his first game against the Dolphins last season was incredible. Yeah. Um, but, like, when we haven't seen that since. No? So, here's the thing, though. This happens a lot with with players that once they get into the NFL. They they get into the NFL, and then they, they shake the league up. And oh, then yeah, and then they defenses start. Defenses adjust. They start watching, like, tons of film on that. Right, so like, defenses kind of fire back. And oh, yeah. then third year comes along. All of a sudden, they adjust, you yeah. know? And then... They can kind of so I think this is part of that. I think it's a little. You think bit this of a is almost slump. this is his sophomore slump because exactly. last year was his his breakout. His breakout yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see him even toward the second half of this year, starting to really make strides. I mean, he's also had a pretty tough. Schedule. I really, I really hope you're right. I just my thing is is like their offensive coordinator is already known for coming up with schemes that get the running back and the quarterback involved in the run game. And he's also known for not having, for not coming up with the strongest passing attacks. Okay, so that that does hurt them. Part they don't have a great receiving core either. Marquise Brown's good, young. He's good, yeah. but he doesn't. He's just like a deep threat, though. Exactly. He's not very. And also, like, like I said, Greg Roman is not a creative passing coordinator, and like he's probably just having Marquise running like the same routes all the time. Um. Yeah. I. So, I I just don't – they might not be as complete as the Steelers. I don't think they are right now. My thing with the Steelers is I just – I thought that Big Ben was going to be way worse this year. If he doesn't win comeback player of the year, I don't know who will. Like, yeah, that's that's a good mid- midseason award right there. Yeah, like uh, – yeah, sure, that – I'm, I'm going to put it on right now. Big Ben <laughs> comeback player of the year. So, yeah, not I mean, that, I'm looking at – Not that big of a take, but <laughs> – I'm looking at these running backs – they, I don't like. They like them, but they had crazy games against the Steelers. But I just feel like they know Mark Ingram can't they don't be the love lead any back. Of them, Mark Ingram is not like, especially this year, he has not been what they needed him to be. I think they're just waiting for Dobbins to pop. 
Maybe. And like the thing is though, if Dobbins doesn't pop, they're kind of screwed. They're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Like they need they need a good half. If Derek if Derrick Henry was on this team, man. Oh my god, yeah, they'd just be, be unstoppable. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Play action roll out with Lamar. Oh my god. Yeah. Um but they either they need another piece. They either need a receiver. Maybe it's Des Bryant, huh? If Des Bryant becomes a quality player for them, I will be so happy because he kind of deserves to have some type of minutes, especially after last last season when he remember when he signed with the Saints last season, he tore his Achilles first practice. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember first that. First practice and tore his tore his Achilles. That's that's crazy. I'm shocked he's honestly able to play this year. Yeah. Because yeah. he tore his Achilles last year, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think right now the Steelers are a better team. They, James Conner's solid. They, like, their receiving core is very solid. Big Ben's solid. They, they have, have a stellar defense. They just have, like, a great overall team. Like, yeah. they're just well-rounded as hell. Yeah. The only thing I can think about what might be a hole on their team is tight end, and they have Eric Ebron. Who's, who's solid. Good, yeah. He's just – he's not super consistent. Which is that's it, yeah. Um, who do they have in their D line? The Steelers, Cam Hayward. Yeah, that's right. The thing Cam is, Hayward. the thing with the Steelers is like they blitz the most out of any team in the NFL. Yeah, and so that means they're sending T.J. Watt. They had Devin Bush too, and he tore his ACL. Yeah, they're they're missing their their front yeah. seven was great. They have Mika Joe Hayden. They have Mika Joe Hayden. Yeah, uh, I know they got tons of pieces. They just have a great defense. Yeah. Yeah, so right now I'm liking the Steelers there. Obviously, I, I like the Ravens in the long run, but Ravens have kind of been underperforming this year. I do think the Bucks are one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL. You do? Yeah. The Bucks. Yeah. So let's that, talk about the Bucks. No, because, absolutely, we should. Because they did not look good. No, they didn't. And they have some serious work to do because Daniel Jones was horrific. Like, you look at the box score of this game and you're like, oh, wow, Daniel... Daniel Jones had a pretty good game. Uh, he didn't. Which, I mean, 256, two touchdowns, two interceptions. For he Daniel. was horrible. Like, he was shanking throws all over the place. The two picks were terrible. He had a couple of drives at the end of the game, which should have been picked. Like, I think. And they still barely barely got, got the win. I think what the Buccaneers is, they're a young team. Yeah, they just got Tom. Yeah, they just got Gronk. But their heart, their soul as a team is pretty young. Like, you got Mike Evans. Has he even played in a playoff game? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Chris Godwin. I don't Very think he's young. played a playoff game. Antonio Brown? Well, they just got AB. He hasn't even played a snap. Like trolling. Like, you have, you have a team that for the last five years has been known as possibly the worst team in the NFC South. Yeah. Which is, yep. honestly, the NFC South isn't one of the strongest divisions in football. You got the Falcons and Saints every year, but, you know, the Panthers are always iffy, and the Bucks we always just know as suck. Yeah, but the Buccaneers last year. Last year, the Buccaneers were different, but we still knew them as sucking. No? They were 7-9, and nine, I think. Yeah, it's not like but, they were horrible, and they had a stout run defense. Yeah, but they weren't doing anything. Like, didn't and they? They had a great receiving core. It like, was just the, like the Bucks were just known for Jameis. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And like Jameis was, they weren't suck. They were just 
they couldn't get over that. Jameis they, almost epitomized the identity of the Buccaneers, yes, I would yeah. say. And that's why it was like Jameis's team. Now you have Tom Brady, who's known as the GOAT, right? Yeah. And he's he's kinda changing the identity, but it's it's not it's not it immediate. It's yeah. slow. And plus I think Bruce Arians is like a very carefree coach. Like he's he, yeah, he, he gives he, his players too much freedom. Exactly. Like. He definitely like Sure, said, Antonio Brown, yeah. yeah. Come on. Just yeah. you know We need more receivers, I guess. Like what is that about? I mean, I am sure I'm sure Tom Brady was like, Come yeah, on, but, let's bring him in. Let's bring I him know, in. That's that guy. Like, Come what, on. I, I I've talked about this before. I just don't get it. You bring in a guy that has like tons of sexual assault allegations and is a massive locker room problem, and you you, you bring him into your team that has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and Rob Gronkowski, who looks back and as good as ever. Uh, it's just I just want I just don't understand that. I he, I feel like he's giving this players too much leeway. If I was a coach, I would never let that happen. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe it's the maybe it's more the coach. I mean, Tom's been doing pretty well. He hasn't but been amazing. Building he's been doing pretty well. Building on my point of them being a young team, though, I think that. Because they're a young team, they get into these situations where they play teams like the Bears, the Giants, like teams that they they think suck, right? And they kind of almost play down, play Play down, down underestimate them. And they get in these situations where they they have a 23-25 game with the Giants and they lose to the Bears but then you see them play the Packers and their their defense goes off and they start yeah they hit Rodgers with pick sixes all the way like i think that the Buccaneers at their best can be the best team in the NFL well, but they just have to get over the hump of age preparation because I think Bruce Arians isn't a great And just preparer. changing the culture, yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, establishing a culture of excellence, you know? Because yeah. – and Brady's going to really help with that because yeah. you watch, like, oh, yeah. even when they're winning. Absolutely. If they're not clicking – Brady Brady ripped them apart after the Bears' loss, and they came back so strong. Really? I didn't even know about that. After their Bears' loss, they went on a win streak. That's why they, everyone thinks they're good now. Okay. Because they lost initially to the Saints – Week one, which makes sense. They're a new team, no preseason. They had Michael Thomas for a little bit, whatever. Then they win a couple. Then they lose to the Bears. and That was the game where Brady was like, he thought it was third down, but it was actually fourth, and he got sacked. And he was like, nobody told me it was fourth down. Like, yada, yada, yada. Go on the win streak. Haven't lost since, right? Granted, they just had this ugly win, but I think, for one thing, I think they have... Solid corners. Do they have Brent Grimes still? Uh, I'm I know, not sure. I know Jamel Dean had a pick six on Rodgers, and he's pretty solid. Antoine Winfield, Winfield yep. they just drafted, and he looks like a great safety. And they had the best front seven in football anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about them. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a team, like, like for Leonard me, Fournette and Ronald Jones look pretty good. Exactly. I didn't even game. talk about the running game yeah. At all, like they're to me. If you do, they have Mar. They have Ali Marpet at left guard. Oh yeah, they have. A, they got Tristan. They have a no, solid not, Tristan Wirfs. They, they yeah. did get Tristan Wirfs. They got okay. Tristan Wirfs. They have a solid team. If they play to their potential, they're the best team in the NFL. It's funny though because they have a real weakness at special teams. Yeah, but I also think that's bit or goes back to the lack of uh, lack of order that Bruce Arians establishes. Yeah, bold take. I think they might need a new coach. 
honestly. I do like Bruce Arians as a coach. I think that he his offensive schemes are pretty solid. Because if you, if you go back to his coaching resume, he coached Andrew Luck during his best years. He's coached Peyton Manning before. Carson Palmer had a resurgence in his career with the Cardinals when he was there. Like, I think... I think Bruce Arians has a great offensive scheme that he has. He needs to get the... I just think he he's not... The non-XO stuff down. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he needs to be the Belichick, the Yeah, the, become the coach. Like more of a disciplinarian exactly. instead of this... Like, I'm going to... And it's fine to be a player's coach. Exactly. You can be like Pete Carroll but and be forgiving. You need to make and, sure that they have, they have the utmost, res- like, top-tier respect for you right. if you're going to run that way. Like, Pete Carroll... Just has everyone's respect. Yeah, I think Including I don't even gods. Yeah. I don't. I don't even understand why. Because like, I you know what? I'm a Niners fan. I'm gonna sound biased no matter what I say about Pete Carroll. You're gonna talk about the Super Bowl call, aren't yeah, you? We don't have to talk about. It. I I don't think that's a terrible call. Like you have the best running back in the NFL. I'm sorry. Like you have to manage the clock though. Whatever. Whatever, it's fine. That's four years, six years ago. Regardless, he's he's Doesn't gone. Matter. He's won your a Super- team won the Super Bowl. Why are you complaining? <laughs> oh, because I just feel bad. Like that's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna complain too much, but he's won a Super Bowl and then he's been to another, and his team it consistently looks great. You know, so I feel like that is a successful coach. Well, I mean, other than Belichick, who's the next best coach? That resume wise, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tom won yeah. won two Super Bowls, two. Maybe. Pete Carroll could be the next on that list. Better than Sean Payton, if you can believe it. Who's won one Super Bowl? I don't even know if he's been to another. You know, but John John Harbaugh. Ah, yeah, John Harbaugh. Yep, yep. Ha, he's won two, right? Oh, one, one, one. One, one, one in the twenty tens. I don't think he was the coach back when Ray Lewis uh, and Ed Reed initially won. Doesn't one. Joe Flacco have two rings? No. Why do I keep thinking that? I don't know why, but I always thought Joe Flacco had two Super Bowl champs. I thought that's why he got paid. No. Let me look it up. I mean, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll only has one too. No, Joe Flacco got paid because he would always perform in the playoffs. But it was a terrible contract, if I remember. Like he was like pretty average in the regular season and then he would just go off in the playoffs for like the early 2010s it made no sense it's pretty oh. annoying too i know i'm, I'm just trying to see new ones harbaugh how is this not something that i can easily just google whatever i'm probably wrong i think joe flacco just has one um if joe flacco yeah, had but two I'm just super saying. bowl rings i think i just wouldn't watch football yeah, yeah. Um, he would have so he would have more Super Bowl rings than like so many, like great quarterbacks. Well, yeah. Uh, what's his, uh, Eli Manning's in that echelon? Dear God, Eli. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's just let's move on. Uh, I got my picks of the week to give, and I'm very excited for this because I love these picks. Uh, I'm not usually crazy confident because obviously, a lot of these things go fifty fifty. But I would bet. Uh, well, I have bet money, but I am. Currently betting money that these are going to hit, and I believe in them very strongly. The first pick I have is Seahawks minus 2.5 at the Buffalo Bills. Now, I do fully expect this to be a game, but the Buffalo Bills have been really struggling recently. Josh Allen has definitely come back down to earth. Uh, The running game of the Bills, more importantly, is not 
doing well at all. Devin Singletary is not doing well. There's debate. I mean, I think Zach Moss did have a game, but it's adding to the confusion of that backfield. I don't think they know where to go, and I think it's causing some uncertainty. Um, John Brown was also hurt. I don't know if he's still hurt, but he's going to be at least banged up in this game. And the Seahawks defense have been putting some solid performances together defensively. They they traded for a D lineman. Who is the D lineman they got? They got Carlos Dunlap Carlos, from the Bengals. That's right. Carlos Dunlap, who is not amazing, but he's going to be good. Definitely enough, so addresses at least, their pass rushing issue. Right. It at least puts someone there to you know, fill that spot. And now they get Jamal Adams back at safety. They're going to get Griffin back soon at corner, which is going to be huge for them. I can, I see. I just think the Seahawks are a better team. I mean, I've talked about how great the Seahawks are. You have the better coach and you have the better QB in this game. You know, that's that's usually that's usually the winner right there. And if if the spread's just two and a half, which means even if you know the field goal, you don't lose on the field goal. So if the Seahawks win by three, you still win the bet, which is yeah. huge for me. So the spread's big there. There's it's not there's not a lot down. of ways to lose by two. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so if it's three, it's a little different. But I, if you have a two-and-a-half line, I'm going to take it. Uh, the other line that I'm taking, this one also went up. I, I got very lucky. Texans minus six-and-a-half is what I got it locked in as. It's minus seven now. I still think they make that minus seven uh, play. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, no Gardner Minshew now. DJ Chark hasn't been doing well. Oh. Now they're going to lose Gardner Minshew. I mean, I don't know. They're just going to stack the box on James Robinson. Yeah, they're just going to – and the Jaguars – it's not going to stop the Jaguars. Yeah. They're just going to run. Yeah. <laughs> There's eight in the box. Um, run the James, ball. yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, so I I expect a blowout here. The Sean Watson, he's, he's pissed. so good. He's, and he's pissed. So, he's, he's pissed. <laughs> and, like, the Texans have pieces. Like, they, they – again, this team, uh, you know – you take you take the team last year. They were a playoff team. Yes, you subtract DeAndre Hopkins. You add Brandon Cooks. That's a deduction. Is it is it a complete flip in record? No, it is not. You know, it's not turning a it's not it's not a playoff team going into a last place team kind of flip. Bill O'Brien was bad. He wasn't that bad. You know, so I definitely see the Texans getting back on track here. They also just have a they have a better team all around. The Jacksonville defense is horrible, um, and now they don't have on offense. That was their whole way they stayed in the games. They get in these shootouts. First of all, you're not going to outshoot Deshaun Watson. I would take that game even if Gardner's playing. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, the last pick. What am I forgetting? Oh, let me see. Let me see. Panthers Chiefs. Panthers. Yes. 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 I took Panthers plus ten and a half versus the Chiefs. And they think the Chiefs are home, so this is not a popular one. The reason I'm saying this, though, is because, um, A, the Panthers are adding players. They're adding Christian McCaffrey, and Yatura Grossmatos is now back on that D-line, which I think is big. I think Yatura Grossmatos helps their – because they were really struggling against the run. Um, anyway, I think I think this is equipped to be a good game. A, because I think the Panthers are a better team than they lead on. They have a better – they're a better team than what their record shows. Uh They've had some really bad luck late in games, but they're always in it and they're always competitive. Um, and the Panthers' defense against the pass has been very, very good. Very, very good. They have a really good zone scheme that's worked that I've talked about before. Um, the Where the Chiefs have struggled is where the Panthers have struggled. The run, right? So if the Chiefs, who primarily like to pass, are facing a really good pass defense, they're going to be forced to run. That, I think... 
bodes to a close game. Uh, and I think the Chiefs can win this game. But if it's 34-24 Chiefs, you still win the bet, you know? Plus, getting McCaffrey back to add a guy that you could dump it off to, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel this year have been great. They have weapons. Yeah, their offense has just been like just like a nice, like, everyone contributes offense. Yeah, know? it is. They give everyone the love, you know? Yeah. Robbie had it early. It, uh, Curtis a couple weeks had ago, it recently. Right. A couple weeks ago was DJ with a couple long balls. Then yeah. Curtis Samuel was involved last week. Um, now you get a top top tier running back. You know, I just the Chiefs defense has been good. Again, I don't think the Panthers win this game, but I can fully imagine. And they're the also another part of this is that they're a little desperate. I think they're three and five, and I think their playoff hopes are kind of dwindling here. Yeah, and desperate football teams usually play very very well, especially on the road. Um. So I, I Panthers ten and a half again. I feel really good about these picks. I get, I hope I go three for three. Last week I did not do so well. I did. I went one for three last week. <clears throat> one of my worst. One of my worst ones. I'm trying to think of. Um. I took the one I got right was Raiders money line. I took the Raiders were getting plus two and a half, and I was confident that they were going to win that game. Um. Let me see what else I got. There was two I got wrong. I'm trying to see. I actually I lost a little bit with Ricky recently. I thought the <laughs> Niners were going to be way better than they showed. Um, but let's see what I got wrong. What was the? Oh yeah, the Rams. I I, I totally oh whiffed. Oh my god. Totally whiffed. I thought the Rams were going to cover in that game. Jared Goff sucks. But Jared Goff was awful. Sucks. Jared Goff sucks. <laughs> Completely awful. I've been saying it since before he got drafted. Jergoff sucks. Yeah. Um. So that's all, that's honestly all I can remember. But yeah, Jergoff. Okay, we were gonna talk about Tua. I don't think we need to because we didn't really see anything from no, Tua. No, he didn't really do much. <laughs> he didn't do it. Jared he Goff had was like, like here, Tua. Yards and a pick. Yeah. Here, Tua, win your debut. I know. So they from went me, down. Jared. There was, there was a special team touchdown too, wasn't there? Pretty sure the Dolphins got a. They might have, but they they've always they've had a good special teams for as long as Brian Flores has been there. Yeah. So I mean that's that's looking like a pretty good situation there in Miami. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but those are my picks for the week. Um, so again, we got Texans. I had a, I went one for three last week. We had this week we have Texans minus six and a half. I think it's mi- minus seven now. Seahawks uh, against the Bills. I got it in at minus two and a half. They're now minus three, which I still think will work. I still think you can take that three. And then what was the other one I mentioned? Oh uh, yeah. Panthers plus 10 and a half. I just think that's Panthers a lot of points Chiefs. for a desperate that, that team. Is, that is a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's transition to fantasy really quick. Uh, Ricky and I are, we're trying to make a, make a run here in our little fantasy league. And we got questions for one another. And I think it can help the listeners as to who we value. Um, but let's see. Um, okay, here's a question for you. Who do you start, right? I have Tony Pollard against Pittsburgh, who's now Zeke's probably not going to play. I have Jonathan Taylor against Baltimore. And I have Damian Harris against the New York Jets. Ooh, that's, that's a tough question. Now, right, 
just hearing that on its face, I would say Damian Harris. Yeah. But face, so, face value, you would say Damian Harris. But here's the thing. Sony Michelle is coming back, and I, I bet he cuts into that workload. My thing is, like, the Patriots' number one option on the goal line is Cam Newton. Yes. He's competing, he's competing with touchdowns for Cam Newton. So, like, that's going to be tough anyways, and you don't even know if he's going to get all the touches. Like, it could just be split out perfectly evenly between Sony, Burkhead, and Damian Harris, and, and Cam, honestly. Yeah. So, I... I just the golden rule never start a Patriots running back, so I would just eliminate him until I don't know, I see ten plus touches for maybe like three games straight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's three straight games of ten plus touches, I would maybe start looking to start him in your flex. You said Jonathan Taylor and Tony Pollard. Tony, yeah, those are the other options. Jonathan Taylor had a very weird I, game last week. I know where it's... they just didn't give him the ball, but apparently he was nicked up with an ankle. I don't know how much of that plays into it. They're they're playing the Ravens though, which is tough. I I think I would go Jonathan Taylor simply for the fact that I don't think that Naheem Hines can sustain the workload he had last week but what about jordan wilkins and i also i feel like jordan wilkins only got touches because jonathan taylor was kind of banged up yeah but he wasn't the the guaranteed workload here is actually tony pollard yeah but i i I was gonna i was gonna get to that i want nothing to do with the cowboys offensively defensively they are they don't exist to me in the fantasy realm anymore this year wow I mean, yeah, unless I'm sense. playing I mean, a defense, play string quarterback going. Unless I'm play, playing a defense that's playing their offense, they don't exist to me anymore. Yeah, no Amari Cooper. I've dropped Michael Gallup. That was a complete whiff. Um, I'll even, I'll even start Jamison Crowder. I'll, I'll have someone. I have Jamison Crowder. Yeah, yeah, Jamison Crowder's a great piece. Great piece, and he's on the Jets. I want nothing to do with the Jets, but I will. I will keep Jamison Crowder. I want All right, nothing. Zeke. Zeke. No, I don't even want Zeke. Seriously. Yes. I don't agree with that. If someone offered you Zeke right now for like Jamison Crowder, you'd say no. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But my thing is, is I, like, I see what you're saying. Like, if Zeke is playing in that offense, there's eight in the box the entire game. And if Zeke isn't playing in that offense, that offense is garbage. Yes, I agree. My counter is why I'm maybe leaning toward Tony, and I'm working this out as I'm talking about it. Tony, Tony's like their only running back right now. Yeah. And if Tony would catch the passes, I'm pretty sure. Tony is a solid backup. So, yeah, he's done well this year. If he catches, I'm going to look at his receptions right now. A couple, a couple usually, it's... One to two. It's not great. So who do they... Do they just not dump the ball off? I think they do it to, like, the slot. It used to be just Cole well, Beasley. Well, this is interesting, just too. just like, here, Cole Beasley, have, have the dump... Have the check down. Let me look at Zeke's. Because if Zeke is getting them, then that's very encouraging. Because I agree. Like, if you're counting on a pure rusher, they're not going to be doing much. Because they are going to be playing from behind in this game. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to be moving the football a ton. But a bad quarterback loves to dump it off. So I'm just trying to see. It's on. He's on Steve's team, right? I think so. Let me see. Zeke, yeah. Yeah. 
So it's questionable. It's projected zero. I, I guarantee you. I'm the Cowboys. Zero. I just shut Zeke down for the rest of the season, honestly. Very, very weird. So he's had he's had stretches where he's had like six to eight catches. A couple with six, a couple with eight, one with three, and then three with one. Three games with one. So against Pittsburgh, it's just tough. It's just tough. You know. I, I mean? feel like the thing is, is they look to get Zeke the ball on screens. Yeah, I mean, but you don't think they do the same? I mean, they're going to be running tons of screens now, right? I mean, well, yeah, but I'm they're saying like back, back when Dak was still the quarterback and they could run their entire playbook. Yeah, true, true. I still think that a big part of that playbook was trying to get the Zeke balls on halfback screens. That really is a shame, dude, because Dak was kind of doing well. He was playing that for that. Was he, was, he was playing for that contract. I he mean, was. like, uh, that's tough. That's just bad. Um. I have another question for you too. Clyde Edwards Alaire is getting getting really strange. I mean, I'm obviously starting this week. It's the Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Who would you rather have, honestly? Chris Carson or Clyde Edwards Alaire? Well, Chris Carson's not playing right now. Yes, next week for the season. For, for the season. For the rest of the season. Ah. Probably Chris Carson. I'm leaning toward Carson too, <laughs> which is why I'm going to be making some moves. Be, just just so my viewers know, I'm going to be making probably four trade deadline deals. Like my team needs some shifting. Everyone, don't trade with them, please, if you're listening. <laughs> I've had some I've had some successful deals in the past, so my uh, league does not find. Don't, don't accept it. Don't accept but, it. Don't accept it. Um. Anyways, I. By the way, I lost it. Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm not I'm not actually done. What about okay, Miles Gaskin or Clyde Edwards Alaire? Ooh. <sighs> That's tough. Let me show you something. I might say I might say Gaskin. Isn't that crazy? Because Isn't that crazy? With the addition of Tua, you know they're running the ball more. Yep. Listen Miles Gaskin touches. has been their leading guy. L- li- listen to the total touches for his last five games. This is a, this is an absolute trade target, by the way. He's hurt. People are discouraged. Go grab him before the trade deadline. These are his touches. He's had uh, week three. He had 27 touches. Week four, he had 13. Incl- these are including catches. Week uh, or so. Week three, he had 27. Week four, he had like seven or 13. Then he had 21 in week five against the Niners. Then he had 22 and then 21. Wow. Crazy amount of carries. Now, I didn't even realize he was getting that many touches. It's, it's crazy. And then you look at Clyde. Carries. Let's look at carries last three games. 10, 26, 8, <laughs> Six. That twenty six really just threw me off. Yeah, well, that was a, that was that weird game where the Bills were just like giving them ten yards on the line because they were so afraid of Patrick Mahomes. But um, that's that, it shows you the state of Clyde Edwards Alaire, doesn't it? Yeah, and Le'Veon's only going to get more touches. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would take Gaskin. Speaking of Le'Veon, that was part of my question, actually. So, recently, and (laughs) you guys are going to think this is a god move, but I did not plan this. 
So the week before he got hurt, I traded Odell Beckham Jr. for Le'Veon yeah, Bell. Yeah, you little snake. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell and Joe Burrow. Literally the week after he tears his ACL. Did not plan for that. I wish Odell the best. I hope he gets yeah, healthy soon. <laughs> but wow, I cannot believe I pulled that off, and it was completely not on purpose. Anyways, I have Le'Veon. I thought he was going to be a lot better than he, he currently is because... Well, I mean, you gotta give him time. I do, I do, I do have to give him time. But I'm, I was hoping that, you know, he's Le'Veon. That's that guy. He can do everything a running back is asked. I figured he. I thought that you know he would maybe just overtake Clyde's starting job, but he has not. He has become the passing down back, and he kind of just splits carries with him, which I, I well, respect from the Chiefs because they're still trying to develop Clyde. Like I, as a football team. Unless you're committing completely to Le'Veon, or more like more more so, if Le'Veon's com- committing his the rest of his career to you, I'm not committing those carries to Le'Veon. Right, right. So that's why I was confused by the move in the beginning. Exactly, but this leads to my question. I picked up DJ Dallas, who's now the starting running back for the Seahawks, because Carson and Hyde are out this week, and I I moved him into my flex over Le'Veon. He's projected way more, but like, should would you rather start Le'Veon or DJ Dallas? Um, who's DJ Dallas is playing the Bills? What's the Bills' ranking? I don't know, but their defense is definitely worse than it was last year. Yeah, significantly. I I don't think they're very good against the run, which would be the tipping point. Let me see, but right now I'm leaning toward DJ. Let me just see. The thing is, is like Buffalo's like bottom half, nineteen. Thing is, the, the Chiefs are playing the the Panthers. So who struggle against the run? Exactly. But now they're adding Gross Matos. Yeah, but then when that's not gonna make that if you're in sense. if you're in a passing down situation, you would have Le'Veon in though. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I. I would I would wait on Le'Veon. Yeah, I wait till you see it. That's what know? I was thinking. Because I think it's still Clyde right now, and I I don't know like he Le'Veon's going to carve a role, but it's not going to be immediate. Like you can't expect yeah. him to take the job now, you know. So we'll see. They're also trying to develop him, which is more incentive to give him carries. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, as for trade targets, first of all, trade. I think you should trade away Josh Allen right now. I just like the last four games have been bad. He his his value is very very up because he's exploded. I've never thought of him as a fantasy quarterback. Either. I don't think he is. Yeah, I, like like I know he, he doesn't. Get I know he runs. Around. I know he runs, but like it doesn't translate to the stat sheet. Yeah, really. like he's not he's not getting a rushing touchdown every right. game. He's not getting over like sixty yards of rushing every game. Like he's just I don't. That's a system with a quarterback with a strong arm, not a strong arm quarterback making the system. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. Another player that I mentioned last week, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is still a good fantasy player. I, <laughs> yeah, that, that call last week was not... How did he do last week? I didn't even check. I, don't I remember him getting one reception. That's all I remember. He, I'm sure he got maybe more, but... Uh, 67 yards on seven catches. Solid, but it's yeah. That's not not what you want you to be. Yeah, I still I still have faith that he's gonna pull through. I mean, I I think when things get tight, 
he's he's still the go-to receiver. So I think he's an interesting trade target. Just just for someone looking upside, you don't have to give up too much right now, you know? Um, DJ Dallas is definitely a target right now because he's definitely not owned on or he's not. Oh yeah, he's a like a waiver wire. He's a waiver wire yeah. pickup. Another one, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but to... there's definitely like people out there who like are just like Lamar Jackson fans who yeah. So again, trade yeah, there. make the right deal. Like don't don't give up Dalvin Cook for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but, uh, just some people are discouraged. You know, he hasn't done great. He has a very favorable schedule from here on out. The playoff schedule for him is insane. It's actually crazy. Um, so, and, and then again, like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, what do you think, like, Jonathan Taylor? Like, is there – should we be worried? I don't know what the deal is there. I hate the Colts because I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're good at passing. It just makes I no sense I don't know if they're good me. at running. I don't know if they have a good defense. I think they do have a good defense. I think their defense is hot and cold. Really? Dude, didn't they get I just like picked up their defense, didn't they get the like thirty pieced by by the Browns? Let's see. I have their defense. Dang, we can you find picked this. up their defense? I, I definitely put in a waiver claim for that. Really? <laughs> ah They gave up twenty seven to the Bengals and they gave up twenty four to Cleveland. They also had a touchdown. I think it was a pick six and two picks. I just I don't weirdly yeah they I don't know I don't know like if they're good or not like I don't. I think they're good I think they're very solid they're incredibly good against the pass I, I just feel like it's just hot and cold for me like they they they'll give up twenty seven to a team like the Bengals but they'll they'll have two picks against who like I don't even know I think part of this though is Philip oh completely because Philip has done this and we've seen like the Buccaneers would give up points last year and you'd be like what with all that talent how are they and then you say oh. Jameis Winston, it's the same thing. Yeah. Phillip Rivers is definitely turning the ball over in some of those situations, which makes me think that they are a great defense, actually. And they got pieces there. Like, you can't deny that. Darius yeah. Leonard, you know, some yeah. of those other guys on that team, is, is it's pretty great. The Colts are, Colts are a solid team, I think. Um, so, totally forget what I was talking about. We were talking about pickups. And oh, yeah, Jonathan trade. Taylor and, like, Jonathan not Taylor. understanding the Colts. Yeah. I Yeah, I mean... Just wait, just wait and see. Like this yeah. week should explain a lot. If he, if if Jordan Wilkins becomes another, you know, relevant player, <laughs> they're just going to become a halfback system. And I don't understand. Like, like the rushing game has struggled for them, and they have the most absurd O line I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't. They have Kelly Costanzo and Quentin Nelson. I don't understand. They can't the run Colts. the ball. The Colts just make no sense. So, all right, that's all we really have. We were just spitballing for a little bit, but uh, hey, we we shortened to fifteen minutes today. So yeah. Yeah, good job. 15 that's, minutes. That's a win. We, we saved you guys 15 minutes. We're so generous. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Uh, again, we'll be right back here. It'll probably be either Saturday or Friday. Yeah. Or, knowing us, it'll probably be put off. But yeah. Yeah, Friday or Saturday next week, uh, we'll see you all right back here. Uh, this is Andrew. Right and Ricky signing off. That's right. Right back here and playing the field. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Ah!